hanging out on a hangout for the first time since like November on a Tuesday night. And that can only mean one thing. It's the Natty Bros Podcast. I'm Zach Brooks and joined with my special guest tonight, Taylor Cotter. Hello. Hello, Natty Bros of the world. And we were discussing, this is, I think, the first woman on the Natty Bros podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. and probably no coincidence that Anthony is nowhere to be found when we have the first woman on the <laughs> Natty Bros podcast. Uh, and basically, we wanted to talk about Neighbors, and so we were like, let's talk about the movie Neighbors and mm-hmm. do it in podcast form, because I, I didn't want to write anything about it, but I really liked the movie. Yeah, talking is much easier than writing. This doesn't want to be like work. I'm not, I'm not a writer. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, if you are new to the Natty Bros podcast, as probably a lot of people listening to this might be, uh, my fans. Yeah, all of the millions <laughs> and millions that you bring in. Uh, yeah. I'm Zach Brooks, and usually I'm joined on this podcast of my co-host Anthony D'Angelo. Uh, tonight he can't be here, mainly because he wasn't able to see neighbors in time, but also because uh, he's at a soccer game. Uh, but him and I talk about a lot of things from the fan perspective, so going to sporting events and movies and food from the fan or consumer perspective. Uh, and we like to do top lists and top ten lists, and um, we're thinking there's going to be more top ten lists coming in the future. Uh, and it will not be another six months before we do another podcast, so stay tuned. There will be more podcasts coming sooner rather than later. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at Natty Bros. We also have a Facebook page. Uh, follow those things and interact with us. We have things to post. And uh, our website is nattybros.com. Uh, and, yeah, we do these podcasts like once a week. So let's let's hop into Neighbors. Well, first, Taylor, do you want to mm-hmm. introduce yourself and plug your, your uh, Yeah, I'll do super quick. Uh, my name is Taylor. Zach and I know each other from being uh, longtime fans of another podcast called Rob's Podcast. We met each other about a year ago, and he told me all about the Natty Bros., um, since then, uh, we've both been doing stuff for Rob's podcast. Um, beyond that, I do, uh, a lot of improv comedy in Boston. Oh, man. I don't More do any improv comedy. Except this podcast. This is improv, yeah, this is improv. improv comedy right now. Yep. Oh, yes and. I know that's the, that's the one yeah. thing I know about improv comedy. Yes and. That's, that's 90% of it. <laughs> Uh, and, and Taylor and I also recap uh, sometimes for postshowrecaps.com, and we just recently recapped Mean Girls in, in, in the anniversary of the 10-year, uh, in honor of the 10-year anniversary of Mean Girls. So check that out at postshowrecaps.com to mm-hmm. do a little plug in there. So okay. we figured we'd start off talking just about Neighbors kind of from a, a non-spoilery, non-if-you-haven't-seen-the-movie-yet perspective, go a little bit on that, and then actually dive into the movie is where if you haven't seen it yet, you should pause, go see the movie, and then hit play as soon as you walk out of the theater, uh, and then talk about kind of where Neighbors falls in terms of the recent comedies that have come out uh, in the last couple summers, and um, some other, you know, where does this movie fall, because uh, I'm just going to get right out there, I, I really love this movie, thought it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, were you in a fraternity? Yeah, that's why I'm wearing my, my ZBT hat. Uh, yeah. I, I was three years in a fraternity, the dorky Jewish fraternity at Michigan State, uh, and it wasn't anything like the fraternity in this movie, really. <laughs> we were not that cool. Um, but, yes, that's why I broke out my, my ZBT hat for the first time in, oh, maybe like seven years. <laughs> it's been a while. 
Well, you you have that perspective on it, the fraternity perspective. Yeah, and, and I feel like um, you know, growing up seeing like Revenge of the Nerds and and some of the other fraternity comedies, Animal House. Uh, that was definitely a big influence on me when I, I was like, all right, I'm going to go to a big school and I'm going to be in a fraternity. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that had a lot to do with, with me wanting to do that. And I'm actually going back to school uh, to go to my fraternity reunion this summer. So oh, awesome. I'm, I'm going to talk all about neighbors yeah. on there. <laughs> so. Cool. All right, do you want to give a quick summary and then I can fill in? Yeah, I mean um, – I think, you know, for people who haven't seen the movie, uh, I keep recommending it to people, and they're like, oh, no, that looks stupid. Is that the one where Seth Rogen flies off of his seat into the ceiling, and, you know, it's got Zac Efron in it? I don't want to see that. I hate that guy. Uh, but it's there's a lot more to it than that, I thought. For sure. So just to give – well, can I ask one question before we get into this? This is not a remake of the Dan Aykroyd film Neighbors, is it? Oh, I didn't know there was a Dan Aykroyd film, Neighbors. I don't think so. Yeah, so I've, I I read this a few weeks ago that I guess there's a Dan Aykroyd Chevy Chase movie called... No, I may be wrong about it. It might be John Belushi. It's a Dan Aykroyd movie called Neighbors, and it's like a, a very baseline similar premise um, that basically like a family moves next door to another family. I've never seen it, but I was reading about it. Like crazy things happen. Um and I read originally that this movie was supposed to be called Townies, which doesn't really make sense. But I'm wondering if they renamed it Neighbors kind of um, to get more people to go see it. If they thought it was a remake or they thought it was a spinoff, kind of like uh, Troll 2. <laughs> so, <laughs> to, uh, I'm sure there's <laughs> other examples. Troll 2 isn't really a sequel to Troll, though, right? Is that, is that the whole no, thing they, Troll 2? So, Right, it was a completely independent movie, but they named it Troll 2 because they thought people would go see it if it was part of the franchise. So, if I if you didn't hear about this, then I'm pretty sure it has not, nothing to do with the I didn't hear anything movie. about it, and I feel like I've never heard of the movie Neighbors. Like, it's not a famous, you know, if they would have called it Trading Places, right. or, or like Animal House, uh, or, you know, yeah, even yeah. try to tie it with Animal House maybe, but I don't. I mean, I don't think this was... I think this was original. It was written by uh, by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, mm-hmm. um, who wrote and produced the uh, This is the End from last year. Which yeah, I thought and was super bad. Did you like This is the End? I really liked This is the End. Yeah, I thought this was better than This is the End, but I also really... This is the End made like my top ten list from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was yeah. I thought it was great. I, I thought This is the End was a lot more creative. Like, it was just... On you know, it was unlike any other movie I'd seen, but um, I don't know. Maybe it was just like the the time in my life when I saw this movie, because I yeah. feel like this movie deals a lot with, um, you know, in addition to just being two neighbors who feud with each other, it deals a lot with like generational, uh, right? And... Yeah. So just to give the quick summary of the movie, it's about um, a, uh, it starts out with a couple who's played by Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne who have a baby and they live in this beautiful house in like a suburban college town it seems like and then next door to them uh, the house is for sale and it ends up being a whole fraternity that buys the house and the fraternity is led by Zac Efron and Dave Franco James Franco's little brother um, and it's kind of just like you know hijinks ensue from there what you would expect so um, you have 
uh, Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne, who are probably in their mid-30s, and these kids who are supposed to be in their early 20s, uh, partying, drinking, smoking, whatever, and then a couple that's really struggling between, like, being cool and being adult and taking care of their baby and, uh, you know, having a nice place to live. So uh, then, you know, I would say there's probably four or five, like, different kind of things that happen, like, mini stories throughout there and still, you know, resolution. Lots of, lots of good party scenes in this movie. I thought yeah, the really, really great. Really well. um, and yeah, um, it, is there well, it, is there it, anything else you want? Or go ahead. No, you go. You were almost done. I was gonna say, do you want to officially put a spoiler warning now, or do you want? Do you have more that you wanna? Well, the only thing I will say is that the the trailers are super misleading. I think that they did a really bad job marketing this movie because they market it as like a slapstick comedy, and you know mm-hmm. the thing that everybody notices from the trailer is is the airbag stuff that, that um, Seth yeah. Rogen flies off the airbag from his desk chair. And that's everybody immediately thinks that's what this movie is about. And it's not. It, it, that's a part of yeah. it. Um, I, I think it's I, not I really a prank war or anything like that. No, it's, it's really not. And it's about, you know, these, these people learning to coexist together. And um, it, it, there's definitely a lot more to it than that. And I think, I think that's why I really, it really kind of touched me as like a, like, um, a movie about getting older and dealing with getting older and not being the guy in this hat anymore, but you know, the boring guy who goes to work every day mm-hmm. as a kid. So, uh, yeah, if you mm-hmm. haven't seen it, uh, hit pause, go see the movie and then hit pause again and listen to the rest of this podcast. Cause we're going to talk about the movie more in depth about the, the plot and details. So there's your warning. Mm-hmm. All right. So it, let's talk about just kind okay. of, in general, we're back. yeah, we're back. And we gave people like fifteen seconds. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's talk about this movie just kind of in general. Like, are we having a weird connection? No, I'm good. Are you? Okay. Yeah, I thought we were having a weird. My my screen kept flashing like the connection was weird. Um, okay. All right. So let's let's talk about this movie a little bit more in depth. Uh, my biggest gripe with this movie was that these parents who learned that they are happy and satisfied being parents and being adults by the end of this movie ignored the baby for an entire year. I mean, at least the baby is pretty much the driving force behind everything that they do, which I think is a very smart plot device because I think, like, okay, like, I I know a lot of people that are in their late 20s, early 30s, and I think that's a very interesting time because you can meet people who are 30 or whatever. Like, I think this probably ranges anywhere from, like, 26 to, like, 38. Like, you can meet someone that's 30, or two people that are 30 that are at completely different points in their lives, you know? And so you meet people that are 30 that are out at the bars and they're partying and they're having fun and they're you know, having the exact same life that they probably had when they were 20 or 22. And then you meet people that are 30 that are married and own houses and have, like, one or two or three babies and, like, are on just a totally different path. So I think having this couple, that you have Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne, who are very clearly, like, a fun, cool couple that, you know, had a lot of fun throughout their 20s, 
but things have changed because they have a <clears throat> they have a baby now, so there's actual stakes to what's going on. It's not just like oh, we can just move or we. It, it makes so much more of what happens make sense. Yeah, and I thought you know I thought the baby was definitely was the driving force, and they. You know, they take the baby monitor, which is a, you know, there's a lot of jokes about the baby monitor being a weird-looking cell phone. Uh, and, and I thought that was good, but I just felt like throughout the movie, they're doing all of these things. They're plotting, they're they're setting up these these guys to cheat on, you know, to, um, you know, like, cheat with each other's girlfriends and, and mm-hmm. have all these problems and, and get on probation. But you don't see the baby very much through the movie, and I felt like by the end of the movie, they show the baby again, and the baby now has, like, dark hair, and I actually thought that was mm-hmm. going to be something that was going to play out, that they were going to realize at the end of the movie, like, oh my god, we were so preoccupied with these kids next door to uh, us that we forgot about our own kid and, like, regret that, and that was where they were going to get the right. And that never really played out, and it was just like, no. oh, we forgot the baby. Like, they, they, didn't, they didn't even, yeah. like, they ignored it. They didn't even talk about it. Right. They mentioned, like, before that party scene, I think, they're like, oh, we got a babysitter, so everything's good. But, like, it's really just a throwaway. Mm-hmm. Um, but can we talk, the baby, the actress, I think it's twins that play the baby, were so great. Like, so good for baby actors. It's just super expressive and, like, really fit right into the whole movie. I don't know if I ever really noticed baby actors. Like, I feel like I'm but always like, that... oh, oh the, you know, it's a baby. Yeah. I thought this was a particularly good baby actor. I mean, the baby was really good, in, like, even in the first scene when they're trying the to have sex. The first scene, and, and, yeah. and the baby's watching them. And that was another scene that I feel like was spoiled a little bit by the trailer. Um, but, that, I mean, that that went on a little bit more. And, um, you know, the lack of romance or, like, physical romance in their relationship uh, was pretty funny throughout the movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think... Uh, in general, their relationship is very interesting and not one that you typically see in a comedy movie or really a lot of movies in general. Just like, and I read an article today. Um, Seth Rogen, uh, I guess his wife, who I believe her name is Lauren Miller, she's an actress and a writer too, and I am a big fan of hers. She read the original script where the wife was just kind of like a shrill, like you know, bitchy comedy movie wife. And I think the best example of the bitchy comedy woman, comedy movie wife is Rachel Harris in The Hangover as Ed Helms' wife. Um, So it was just kind of like that sort of trope. And I guess Seth Rogen's wife read it and was like, this isn't real. Like, it's not funny that she's mean. Like, it would be funny if she was into it. And so you get this couple, and like Rose Byrne, who has really just kind of, uh, you know, jumps out of this movie to me as, like, one of the best um, and has really, like, shown herself to be a really great comedic actress is 100% game for everything that goes on and it almost is like a buddy comedy movie between a husband and wife which I don't know if there's anything else like that, at least recently. Yeah, no, you that's true. You do see a really good dynamic between the two of them. Um and they they work together as a team. They they get in the fight, you know, like kind of predictably they got in a fight towards the end, and, um, yeah. and then she comes back and and things work out towards the end. But um, yeah, they they really kind of get each other into mischief. And and 
it's almost like when one of them starts to be like, well, I don't really want to do this anymore. Let's just let this go. The other one gets him back in and they're like, yes, yeah, let's get back in. You know, they both, Mm -hmm. they both are kind of dealing with this. We're boring parents thing. Right. Um, And I think that's very real. Like, I think that, and like, not that a comedy movie needs to be super realistic or anything like that. But I think it's really interesting when you see something and you're like, Oh, that actually kind of makes sense that, they're on the same page, you know, because they actually, like, I think it's unrealistic when movies or TV shows consistently portray people in relationships as so different from one another, because it's like, oh, no, like, they probably have some stuff in common, at least. Yeah, exactly. Right. No, like, they have to, there has to be something, because, you know, that that drove them together in the first place. Yeah. So... Uh, does Rose Byrne always have that accent, that thick of an accent? Because I don't remember that from, like, Pride's That was one of my notes, too. Um, I... You should ask her accent in Bridesmaids. And she's also in, in the movie Wicker Park, which is one of my favorite movies. It's so, like, it's a, kind of a dumb movie, but I like it a lot. And I don't think she had an accent in that. So it's kind of a weird... I guess because her accent is so muted and, like, not necessarily, like, an overt Australian accent. Like, I went through the first 20 minutes of the movie, like, not even realizing it was there. Oh, really? See, I I definitely noticed it in, um... I'm glad they played it into the story that she was an exchange student. Uh, And I think that worked really well, too, with with interacting with the college kids. Um, So I enjoyed that. Definitely. So, cool. Uh, and and then we had you know we had some good cameos in this movie. I thought Lisa Kudrow. I yeah. I was like, oh my god, she was awesome. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. She, I really. Yeah, normally before I go see a movie or while I'm watching a movie, I'm like constantly checking Wikipedia and being like, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Or like figuring out who's in it. And I didn't do that with this movie, so like every single person that showed up was a surprise to me. I had probably only seen the trailer once too, so like oh, I really? loved. Um, yeah, like, I, I was familiar with it, but I just kind of blew it off as, like, oh, some dumb movie that I don't really care about. Um, but I did, I uh, ended up changing my perspective. Um, I really, really like um, Ike Barinholtz, um, who played the uh, Seth Rogen's buddy from work. Um, I thought he was so great. Yes, so I had a question about that. And what were those guys? Mm-hmm. What were the, was it Jimmy and his ex-wife? Her name was Paula, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So they were just friends of theirs? I believe or, so. I, see, I, the whole movie, I thought Jimmy was Max Seth Rogen's character's brother, and Paula was Kelly's sister. And I thought it was really weird. I was like, why would a uh, brother and sister get me? Like, I, I was trying to figure out if like one of them was related, or were they all just friends with each other? Yeah, I think they were all just friends. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean that that was kind of strange, but I guess that that makes sense that they yeah they they were like uh you know two couples and one of the couples split up, and that's I guess another right. part of like you know now you're hitting this age and people have started getting divorced or whatever. Right, right. That was one of the funny lines at the beginning. We was like, oh man, you're our only friend that has a house in. And a baby, and he's like, no, you're divorced, you know, like, everyone's kind of going through their own life journey, and, like, you know, I think there's so much, I, I thought that was kind of funny, that it's like, oh, no, you're giving all this arbitrary weight to having a house and a baby, when it's like, oh, no, you went through a divorce. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought it was I thought it was interesting too because I grew up like right outside of where Michigan State is, and so mm-hmm. you know I grew up in like one of those. It wasn't quite a neighborhood where there would be a frat house that would uh, like rent space, but it was it was pretty close to one of those neighborhoods. And actually, like the first house we lived in, definitely was one of those neighborhoods. And so I I, really? I totally understand that where you would have a neighborhood where there would be students. I don't know if it would necessarily be fraternity housing. I thought that was um, for yeah. That was one of my questions. Can a fraternity? Yeah, that was one of my questions. Can a fraternity just buy a house? <laughs> like I, I went to school in the city, so it was much more regulated. So we didn't have any fraternity houses or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, we had we had fraternity houses right in the off-campus neighborhood, um, and but you know, a lot of times it's like a student housing is like houses that students live in is kind of the same, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be that. Ni- I felt like that was a really nice house for, um, for mm-hmm. where that fraternity lived. But I guess you know the, the fraternity has a lot of money; they can they can fund it. So, um, right. One, another one of my questions yeah. that that was you know I was wondering about, it, and that was a big thing I wanted to throw out the movie. Is like, where are the rest of the neighbors? Yeah, are these really they the show only them at the two beginning. people? They show them um, when they're like, remember the couple's like, oh, we need to get everyone else on our side. And then they walk around and they show that everyone in the fraternity has like done favors for all the different neighbors and like helped old ladies like go to the grocery store and stuff. So basically they've bought off the rest of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Which is definitely like unrealistic. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, they brought them off, but then, like, they're throwing these giant parties, and the neighbors aren't coming over and complaining at all. Right. Um, I mean, it it would have been an interesting dynamic to have another neighbor who kind of joins the fight. And it's like, yeah, these these kids are pissing me off, too. Like, let's get them kicked off campus. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I really liked just kind of all of the different ways that they try to get the, you know, they, they try to get the fraternity in trouble and then, um, and then Teddy and Pete will come up with some plan to, you know, like the, they make the dildos, which I guess that's a thing. I, I didn't know I, is that a thing? I've never heard that before. Kids. I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've never, I've, I'm not really in that business of finding out, but um, <laughs> it, 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 it was a great running gag throughout the movie where somebody would have an idea that was just like a phrase. They'd be like, like, throws yep. over hose. And they'd just like say it <laughs> over and over again and then eventually yep. figure out, like, you're like, is this actually going to turn into something? And then it did turn into a plan. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, Zach Efron, Dave Franco, Pete, and Teddy? Oh, they were perfect. I mean, I think this is the perfect role for Zac Efron because yep. he he was um, just obnoxious and people already don't like the guy. You know, I, I think the only person who would have been, like, even better in that fraternity is if they could have given Justin Bieber a role, if he would have, like, poked fun at himself and been in this movie. <laughs> that would have been I think Zac Efron, though, at least to me, I'm a, I really like Zac Efron in – like, general, I guess. I can't really point to any roles he's had that I like. Oh, I liked him in, like, Hairspray. Um, I I think he's super likable, and I think Justin Bieber is much less likable, and that I can really see Zac Efron in this world. And it's kind of funny that, like, I feel like this is getting kind of generational. So you have, like, what people used to refer to as the frat pack, which was like Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson and maybe even like Ben Stiller 
And those guys are probably in, like, I couldn't even begin to guess, like, probably their late 40s now. You know, so they are, kind of, like, and then there was this new generation. So I guess that was, like, the early 2000s. You would see those guys in every single movie. Right. Then in, like, mid, the last five to ten years, you started seeing... Seth Rogen and James Franco and all these kind of Judd Apatow guys come in, and um, they like were super everywhere. This is the end. This is like perfect example that all those guys were everywhere. Paul Rudd, and then um, now it's like, is this the new generation of the frat pack aptly named because like this was a frat movie, but like. And I don't know who else you would put in with these young guys, maybe, like, Michael Sarah, but, like, guys that are in their early 20s that can make these kind of stupid movies for the next five to ten years. I don't think you're seeing – I don't think the, the guys who are in the fraternity you're really going to see um, in any in any movies, like, like over and over again together. Uh, I mean, you had, you had Chris well, Perman's – what is it, Chris Perman's Plass? Is that how you say his name? Right, right. Yeah, and, and he's, he's uh, in every movie. Right, he's McLovin. Uh, he's still McLovin. Mm-hmm. I think he's always gonna be McLovin. Yeah, and, for and, sure. One of my notes and, is, or go ahead. Sorry. Oh, well, I was just McLovin. gonna say, you know, you see him in these movies a lot, um, but the rest of these guys are kind of new to the scene. I feel like. Kind of. I mean, Dave Franco has been in a decent amount of stuff, and I think obviously being James Franco's brother is a huge in that he'll be in a lot of movies for a while. And, um, like, just off the top of my head, he was in 21 Jump Street and um, Now You See Me, the movie about the magicians. And I think he was on Scrubs for a little while, too. So, like, he's a working actor for sure. And, I mean, Zac Efron is, you know, an A-lister. So I, uh, the other guys, like, you know, Ass Juice and all those other, uh, like, I don't count them in, in this uh, world. But I think those two guys are going to have long comedy careers. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's, it'll be interesting to see. I feel like Zac Efron and uh, there's other actors that have had the same kind of thing. Like Channing Tatum had the same problem and still sort of does, where it's just like a lot of people, mm-hmm. at least like people that are my age, like guys that are my age, just can't stand them. Um, and I feel like Zac Efron yeah. is like when I told my friends I was going to this movie, like a lot of my friends were like, "Oh, that Zac Efron movie, I'm good." And I feel like people mm-hmm. feel the same way about like Channing Tatum. And I, I feel like there was a little bit of that about McConaughey for a while, and now that's obviously all gone away because everybody likes McConaughey and everybody loves him now. But um, Right. You know, I think this was a breakout for Zac Efron. I think things this will turn things around for him because before this, like, I couldn't even – like I think Zac Efron was in kids' movies, and then he was in shitty, like, Nicholas Sparks kind of movies. And I don't think he ever had a role where he could really show off until this. I think there was too much gratuitous Zac Efron shirtless, which, though I'm not complaining about it, <laughs> I think it, I think it detracted from the fact that like he's actually funny. Yeah. Okay. Is he always that ripped, or did he get like especially ripped for this movie? Because I even I was like, holy crap, that guy's arms are huge. Yeah, I don't know if he was always that ripped, but he was always, like, a a hot dude. But I think, like, a hot dude, like, when did High School Musical come out? Ten years ago? Like, when that movie came out, he was, you know, 17. So it's it's a little different kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so. And I thought his character was, you know, was not nearly as kind of obnoxious and, and shallow as he could have been in this movie. Uh, they really showed how he was struggling with the fact that he was graduating um, and, like, all of his friends were moving on and he didn't know what he was going to do and, and didn't feel like he had left his legacy and wanted to get up on that wall. So I thought I thought he did uh, a really great job. Right. I, I think those are the two kind of parallels of growing up is like, oh, being 22 and going from college to being a real person, but you still have kind of that leeway, and then being in your, you know, 30s and getting married and starting a family, and that mm-hmm. kind of growing up. Yeah, and then, you know, that he, he then becomes an Abercrombie uh, model, which I, I mean, they must be California, because mm-hmm. I've never seen like any kind of like Abercrombie and Fitch like that. Where yeah, no, exactly. Like shirtless outside. Um, right, I thought that that was a little weird. Um, on a couple levels, I was confused, and I guess like we can point out. I'm not gonna sit around and point out flaws in a movie that I only saw once. Um, <laughs> but I thought that was weird. That I was like, oh, like I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. So I was like, do they still even do that? Like I can't believe it. And the other thing is, I don't think Zac Efron is Abercrombie like, style. You know, like, when I picture Abercrombie model, I picture, like, like, more of a Chang Tatum and, like, really, like, you know, like, Fabio from Survivor or someone like that that's just, like, you know, like, waxed and just, like, totally, like, perfectly sculpted. And I didn't really think Zac Efron fit that. But I guess, whatever. I'm not nitpicking. I mean, do you think some of that, too, is, like, like Seth Rogen wrote this movie and was like, oh, all right, what's a cool place for him to work at the end? Like, yeah. and whether that's supposed to be funny that like it's like really dated that he works at Abercrombie or is like his dated, you know, like dad joke. That, yeah. You know, this is this is where he works at. He works at Abercrombie and Fitch because I don't know. I mean, I haven't been in Abercrombie and Fitch since my like like high school, maybe middle school. So right, exactly. And like, so maybe you know, like if the if this takes place in California, then. We don't know. We also don't know how much really money Abercrombie Fitch paid this movie at the end to, right. to use their store. Right. Because we're talking about yeah, it, so sure. it worked. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we talked about the airbag scene earlier, but, you know, we're kind of jumping around to the different pranks, but I just thought the airbag scene really destroyed a lot of the realism of this movie. Yeah, I think there are a couple things, and it's kind of funny, I was thinking about this when we were talking earlier, is that... I really, like, applauded how real the relationship was and, like, how kind of all the relationships and personal struggles were in the movie, but they're put in this context of, like, total unrealistic stuff. So, like, the air egg scene is a really good example. Um, The fact... And... um, What? I just lost the other one that I was going to say. Oh, like, the fireworks exploding the police car and all the stuff that... um, it's just like, yeah, this, it's a little too CGI for something that's, you know, done so well at building these relationships. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, the fireworks was another one that, you know, I, I really like this movie, but I did have those couple those couple problems with it. And I'll, so I'll get to the fireworks in a minute. But the airbags, it just, like, it just was so ridiculous. Like, if, if that happened in an office building... That would be a huge deal. I mean, they would be investigating, like, why did, like, some, you know, and, like, then some other random person, I think, was it actually, um, was it actually Jimmy who, who was shot up in the air by another airbag? Was that the idea? 
Yeah. Okay. You know, you know, I'm like, just like, how how does that even make sense? Like, how did they hotwire an office chair? <laughs> I don't no, get it. It just made no sense, and that like the the company itself wouldn't be like investigated, and they're just you know, and I I guess like there are other there are other times in the movie where it's some of the realness is gone, but you know, I feel like even like when when uh, Mac went over and broke the broke the pipe and got the water all in the in the basement like that that was realistic to me I could buy that and I could buy you know going mm-hmm. to a party and getting Teddy's girlfriend to make out with Pete and and have sex with Pete like I could mm-hmm. buy that um, all the drug use I, I would buy all that but but then you know we get an mm-hmm. hour and a half into the movie and they stole the airbags and put him in his desk chair and in like that he wasn't super injured and, and that there weren't any repercussions from that, I just thought was really kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, and to, to top it all off, that's what they used in the preview for the movie. So everybody thinks that's what this movie is like. And it's really like the, like I told everybody, that's the worst part of this movie is that one scene. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the guys I went to go see the movie with, they said that there was another scene in the preview of like a toilet falling through the floor that wasn't in the movie. Oh, I didn't see that in the preview. No, I don't remember. Maybe it was another preview, but I, I didn't fact check it. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing I did really like about the airbags that it did set up was it set up Mac walking around with the with the broomstick, like poking everything, trying to find the airbag. I thought that was yeah, good. Yeah, that was good. And I definitely was so nervous that something would happen to the baby. Oh, I like man. to that put would have the been, baby on the chair. That would have been that so is- dark. Yeah, that's way too much for a yeah. light comedy film. Yeah, but, you know, speaking of dark, and we talked about this a little bit, then at the end of the movie, you know, they set up, they set up like, you know, the Chekhov's fireworks, like Chekhov's gun with the fireworks, and then at the end of the movie, we have the fireworks, they actually go off, and, and Kelly shoots the firework into a police car. And yeah. again, like there's no huge investigation. She basically shot a cop. Yeah, for sure. I definitely, um, I love the cop. I love his Hannibal Buress. He's on Broad City and a couple other things. He, uh, he was a 30 Rock writer and a stand-up. He is. I was so so happy to see him in the movie. Um, but yeah, that I mean, that's the kind of stuff like that you. Like, I guess you forgive it, and uh, like I said, like, it's just hard to balance, like, when you see something, you're like, that's so, like, real and genuine versus something that you're like, oh, that's actually problematic. Yeah, exactly. If the whole movie wasn't set up, you know, pretty much 90% of the movie was really real, uh, then then the, those little things, you know, if it, was, if it was a movie, like, you know, some super slapstick movie, then I would mm-hmm. buy that, because that's kind of how the movie has been, but this is... Right. This, had like a sense of realism to it. I wonder, so, um, I was going to bring up this movie a bit later, but Bridesmaids, you're familiar, right? Yeah, I saw it once. Um, so Bridesmaids, they have that whole really, like, gross scene when they're all, like, get diarrhea from the restaurant and, like, it's, like, very iconic for the movie. I read that, um, that scene wasn't, in the original script, it and someone made them put it in, like a producer, or production company made them put it in because they were like, oh, if this is a Judd Apatow movie, it has to have slapstick, gross out humor. It can't hmm. just be. And so I wonder if, not that someone told Seth Rogen and Evan Gold, 
Evan Goldberg is that his name, that, like, you have to put this kind of stuff in. But I'm, maybe it's part of what makes, like, a successful comedy movie. Like, how much did you say it made? $87 million? $87 million, And looking at the site, the budget was, like, $18 million. So yeah. we made a ton so, of money. Right. And I think if you think – a lot of people even – will go see a movie if they think it looks kind of dumb and slapsticky. So, like, to just put in one or two of those unrealistic scenes probably puts a lot of butts in seats. At oh, Congress. yeah, I mean, that's that's true. I just I just feel like for yeah. a movie that, for the most part, the humor in it seemed a lot smarter than the trailers let on. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess that's that's how they get the money for it, but uh, yeah. I, just, I just would have liked to have seen them not go that route, but... Mm -hmm. um, it worked. You know, they got the yeah. money. So, uh, so any other kind of big parts of the movie that you want to touch on? I really liked how they set up some clips, um, like when they're calling the radio station and saying you know, they're calling as different celebrities, which I guess that's not super realistic, but like Barack Obama would call a radio, like some college radio station. But that I, I loved when... I loved when Mac was like, oh, it's Julia Child, and did the Julia Child impression, which I can't even attempt. But Yeah, oh my gosh. that I thought that whole thing was great. I There was a lot of improv um, throughout the movie, and um, I read that the last scene with Seth Rogen taking off his shirt was improvised, and that kind of stuff. And I think when you work with those kind of people, that's just what happens. Um, but what did you think, and if we don't want to get into this, we don't have to, uh, what did you think about... Uh, what's his name, Jimmy, making, like, a... not. I wouldn't even go so far as to call it a rape joke, but the punchline of his joke was rape in about... Um, what, what, was, was, what was the I joke was, that he said? I'm trying to remember I think what it was, was. So he said... Um, Mac was saying it up, and he was like, what's the thing that always gets fraternities kicked off campus? Oh, yeah. And uh, Ike Barinholtz's character, who's very... He's very dumb in the whole movie, but very sure of himself in this moment is like, rape. <laughs> and yeah. uh, Mac is like, no, hazing scandal. It's like, oh my and, god, why would you say that? Yeah, I know. And like, I, I looked this up today because I did think that was a funny joke. And it really, like, I was like, oh man, I think this is funny. Is, that, is this problematic? Like, I get very nervous about that kind of stuff. Um, so I went online today and ran an article with Ike Barinholtz before I made an official decision on whether it was okay for me to think this joke was funny. <laughs> and um, he, he seemed very self-aware of it and was like, this isn't, you know, it's not a joke about rape. It's a joke about how dumb this guy is and, like, how sure of himself he was. So I, uh, like, not, uh, that's a discussion for another podcast, maybe you and Anthony can dive into that one. <laughs> yeah, <why not? laughs> but but um, I thought that was, at, at the very least, a creative comment. I mean, I thought, for the most part, like I said, I thought the humor was really smart in this movie, and I just, in yeah. general, I laughed a lot out loud watching this movie. And mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times I'll watch a movie and I'll laugh to myself, or I'll be like, oh, that's funny. But to actually, and I don't know if it's sitting in a theater, I feel like I laugh more out loud when I'm in a theater with a bunch yeah. of other people laughing, so that probably right. had a lot of impact on it, but uh, right. I just remember, I feel like I, I didn't stop laughing for an hour and a half, and that's why, like, walking out of that movie, I texted you, I was like, alright, we gotta we gotta do a podcast on this movie, Yeah, I was like, oh, I barely, uh, yeah. Um, no, I definitely, now, I regret 
bringing up a rape joke because I don't want I don't know how many listeners you have. Yeah, we're not endorsing. We're definitely not endorsing no. that. No, we're we're, we're looking at it from a you know, is it a funny joke perspective? And you know, it's a joke that's in the movie, and we're just analyzing it. That's all. Yeah. Cool. So. All right. Um. But you know there is there is all the hazing stuff and they try to get Astuce and I thought Astuce was the best nickname because uh, mm-hmm. you know being in a fraternity yeah, everybody sure. gets everybody gets a fraternity nickname. Um, and, what and was yours? Fraternity, uh, was it was Potato Head? It was Mr. Potato Head or Potato Head, and I got like a Mr. Potato Head doll, and I don't even remember the context around it. Um, but yeah, I mean that like you know the, you always get like a stupid one, but. In my fraternity, we got them late. We got them like after we were done with our first semester. And the fraternity I was in actually didn't do any hazing, which was why I joined it. I didn't want to do mm-hmm. I didn't want to do the hazing and any of that crap. But yeah, uh, it was just kind of a a fun group of guys to to like hang out with and drink and and watch sports and play video games together. Um, but you you do have like the initiation the ceremonies and stuff, and then at the end of that was when we all got our nicknames. Um, okay. But I don't. I don't think we had any that were like, you know, ass juice. I don't think any of them were that disgusting. <laughs> and I can't even remember a lot. I mean, it's it's really sad that it wasn't that long ago. But I like cannot remember any of them. Yeah. But, uh, I thought this movie really. Ne- There's ass juice, and I, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones, but um, I think they wasn't all- there like Shaggy and Scooby? It was like Shaggy, Scooby, ass juice. Yeah, yeah. There was Shaggy and yeah. Scooby. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was lot. that was really good, um, and and like the, I love that they tied in like the scenes and you know he's like he's like having flashbacks to being like his pledge semester and like you know getting his face put in somebody's ass and stuff. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then Definitely. they thought they, you know they, they bought him off with a whole bunch of breakfast and and shakes and pancakes. Where they yeah, thought that they that was really really great. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like actually in that moment with Astuce, you really do learn that Teddy is a good a good person. Like up until that moment, it's not really clear, but then like when you know when he can tell that Astuce is upset, he takes him you know to the side and is like, "Hey, like I care about you, blah blah." blah. And so that's saying Teddy is a good guy to have around. Yeah, it was great watching them, and they're like watching the feed, and they're just like, "No, no, stop, no!" I thought that was fantastic. Um, so we talked about this a little, but I wanted to know where you put this movie uh, among uh, some of the other kind of comedy romps of summer's past. All right. So what does that include? That includes like. Hangover. We go all the way back to Hangover. Yeah, here I'll, I I have a list, and you can tell me if you think this is better or worse. All right. And I you really like this movie, so I'll tell you what I think too, because I I don't think I rank it as highly as you do. But <laughs> um, let's see. So uh, better or worse than Hangover? One. I think it's better. I'm I'm not a big Hangover fan. I think Hangover One, it at the time it was put out was pretty much a perfect movie. I didn't even see Hangover 3, but Hangover 2 was terrible. And in the world now, Hangover... Like, if Hangover 1 came out today, you'd be like, this is not funny and not... Like, who are these guys? And, like, you know, like, it would not... I don't think it would be as well, but I loved Hangover 1 when it first came out. I mean, I liked it. I I definitely did. I just think this one... I walked out of this one having enjoyed it much more. Yeah. Uh, And I also think 
when I saw Hangover 1, I'd seen a lot more movies around that time. I feel like I don't see as many movies anymore as I used to. So yeah. when I do see like a good movie, it's just like a very pleasant surprise. Um, do you think that this was better or worse than Bridesmaids? I mean, I gotta say better than Bridesmaids. I'm not really the market for Bridesmaids, but I also, like, I don't know. Bridesmaids was was good for what it was, but, I mean, it's not not really my cup of tea. Yeah, it's all, like, I, I think I am the market for Bridesmaids, and I still didn't love it. Um, so, yeah, I would say probably slightly better than Bridesmaids. Um... Did you see this one? Is a weird one I put on the list. Um, did you see the movie The Internship? I actually wanted to because Wedding Crashers is one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah. But I didn't see The Internship, and oh, it's horrible. Yeah, it doesn't it, seem like I missed much. No, I watched it um, on demand or something not that long ago. Um, this was definitely a better movie than The Internship. I think that will be clear. Um, this one's interesting. Uh, Ted. I really like Ted, actually. I really uh, liked Ted, too. I don't think this is the end. Or not this is the end. Uh, what's the one that... The Million Di- Ways to Die in the West, the one that's yeah. coming out? Yeah, yeah, I don't think that looks like it's going to live up to as much as good as Ted was. No. Um, I would put Ted slightly below this movie, only mm-hmm. because I thought the first half of Ted was really strong, and the second mm-hmm. half was really kind of weak. Yeah, I really like Ted. Um, I would say... It's hard to say better there or worse with Ted cuz I think Ted is also like probably a lot dumber than this movie um but I Ted is like it definitely has like gets points for being creative and different well and um, Ted's got the whole the whole Boston tie so I'm sure that's why you Yeah like so yeah I definitely liked that um so um what about did you see We Are the Millers No Okay I uh, I would uh put this certainly above We're the Millers. But We're the Millers and This is the End, which is the last one on my list, were really the only two real comedies like this that I think came out last summer. That kind of, you know. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some comedies from the last year or two. Um, there aren't as many as there used to be. I mean, there was I, The World's End. Like but that doesn't feel like the same That's type of humor. different, yeah. I mean, let's just look at Paul Rudd movies, because I think Paul Rudd is... Oh, what about This is 40? Is that... This is 40? It's actually not too different, because This is 40 is very coming of age, but I almost think of that. That's not... I almost put that in a different realm than these, because it's not as... It's not really funny. Like, it's it has jokes in it, but it's not like the whole premise of the movie is funny. Yeah, no, it's it's not a it's not a comedy the whole way through. I I really like this um this is forty though. Mm-hmm. I, I would put that pretty high. And um, I think I I don't know if I would put this higher than this is the end. Um, they're really close. I feel like this. I was more interested in the story of this than I wasn't this like the story of this is the end. I was kind of wasn't that into, but I really liked the humor in it. Yeah, that's fair. I think this is the end was super creative and. I kind of like anything that lets you kind of see into a world of comedians or actors or anyone really that like I felt like that was a movie by them for them like really from their perspective on how things would go down and I really I just kind of like that it's kind of like a secret window into their world. Yeah, so, no, I, I thought I thought it definitely was. I'm curious. You know, I know they didn't per- they portrayed like the actors obviously a lot different than uh, yeah, for sure. 
life, but uh, um, what about what about super bad? Is that going too far back? That's pretty far back at this point, but we can talk about it. Um, I feel like I, Superbad is one of the only ones I might rank higher than this. I'm a big fan of Superbad. Um, what was the other one I was considering putting on the list? Oh, uh, Pineapple Express. Yeah, that's one I am not a fan of Pineapple Express. I Most really people like are, it. but... Yeah, it's not um, one of my favorites by any means. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at Seth Rogen movies that have come out recently to see if we're, if we're missing mm-hmm. any. Um, I mean, he obviously was a knocked up, but that's that's going real far back. I feel like. Yeah, and I think that's more defined. It's hard to say like better or worse than Knocked Up or Four Year Old Virgin or those movies that kind of started the Judd Apatow era. Yeah. Um, oh, he's in Fifty. I forgot about Fifty Fifty. That was not on this level at all, though. Really, but right. I like Fifty Fifty. I liked it too. I only saw it once, though. Yeah, I only saw that once. So yeah, well, all right. Really, so what? Yeah. So what do we got? I have this number two behind Superbad, and you have this what number three? I think so because I like Ted better. I like This Is the End better, and I like Hangover better. And I don't know about Superbad. We'll see. I wasn't keeping good track of where we put this. It's also not an exhaustive list, but no. What about this? This, is your... this compared to other fraternity movies. I don't have probably the biggest. Lexicon fraternity movies. So where would you rank it? I mean, I, I don't think it's better than Revenge of the Nerds, um, and probably not better than Animal House either. Even though right, I mean I they're like classic. Yeah, I don't like Animal House as much as most people, but I, I mean that's that's a classic. You can't really compare. Yeah, uh, are there it, any? It's probably not better than Old School either. Cause oh man, school... yeah, I don't. I kind of forgot about Old School. Yeah, Old School. Um, yeah. Have there been any real fraternity movies since then? Since old school? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Not that I mean I can't really remember any uh, off the top of my head. So I'm sure there I'm sure there are some. Um, yeah, there's a decent number of sorority movies that come out every once in a while, but um, uh, recently there was a movie Twenty One and Over. That's not. Yeah, I'm not. I never yeah, saw I that. that. What about Twenty One Jump Street? Yeah. Does that make your list? Um, it's hard because it's hard to. I wasn't really looking at a list. I was moving, jumping around, trying to remember stuff that had come out. Um, and there are obviously like a lot of comedy. There's always comedy movies that come out every summer. Um, it's hard to tell like what's been, what was really popular and what wasn't. Um, Twenty One Jump Street, I liked. I was in love with it. I thought it was, I mean, it was another one that I was very pleasantly surprised by. Um, but not, it wasn't nearly as good as this. Yeah, and the one thing I I actually loved in 21 Jump Street, Dave Franco's character and, like, the kids in high school and how they were supposed to be cool because they were, like, environmentally conscious and, like, oh. didn't smoke. And that, to me, was such a creative part of 21 Oh, Jump yeah, Street. that was really good. I, I'm curious to yeah. see what the, the, well, I guess that the sequel is going to be Fraternity Movie, so we'll have oh, another one to add to the list. Cool. Well, any last thoughts on neighbors? I'm just looking at my notes to see if there's anything. Um, I thought, and I something I rarely notice or uh, pay attention to, cinematography was great, lighting and like how colorful everything was, and like if it was like a party, like all the lighting of the party felt very awesome. So. Yeah, I, re- I really love the party scenes, the, especially the party scene where Kelly is trying to get Teddy's girlfriend. Uh, to sleep with me. I thought that like, yeah. that 
that like when they do the dance off and then he's like he's like pointing and and uh, and and Teddy just won't like look and then he finally gets him to to see and he like runs upstairs. Um, the relationship between between Pete and uh, and Teddy was really interesting. I thought Pete was an interesting character. Yeah, for sure. I thought they were both really like well like fleshed out, thought about like their backstories and that kind of thing. So. Did you know it's fleshed out and not flushed out? Did I say flesh or flush? No, you I said flesh. I, 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 I recently learned this. I didn't know it, that was a thing. I did know this, but I, I have said both. Yeah. Well, apparently it's fleshed if you're, like, like elaborating on something and flushed okay. if you're flushing something. Okay. Makes Which sense. wouldn't happen when the, when the toilet falls through the... No, through the I have to double-check on that and see if that was real. Yeah, but you said flushed. That was why I thought. I said of it. flushed. We're good. I just I just want people to walk away from this podcast learning something, and so if they've learned yep. that you say flushed instead of flushed, uh, yeah, that's my part for sure. So overall, we recommend this film, especially because what else are you going to see? Yeah, it's good. So uh, hopefully that you uh, you enjoyed the film and enjoyed this podcast. Uh, if you uh, are listening to this podcast or have just listened to it and want to tweet at us, um, the Natty Bros Twitter handle is at Natty Bros. Anthony and I both manage that. My personal Twitter handle is at BrooksZA, and Taylor's Twitter handle is at Taylor Cotter, right? Yes. Yes. Good. Got it. Yes. Um, but yeah, ho- hopefully, uh, hopefully we can recap some more movies throughout the summer and, yeah. uh, and and keep going. So if there's something you want to see too, tweet at us and maybe that gives us a reason to go see it. I um, am really excited to see Godzilla. I'm going to go this weekend for sure. I'm sure you can do that with the uh, the post-show recaps bros. Yeah, I, I think they've got something planned. I don't know. I yeah. don't know exactly what the plan is for that, but Godzilla yeah. and, and of course I'm like super, super pumped for X-Men next week. Yeah. Um, so nothing, and- nothing funny that's coming out that I want to see really bad. To plug some of Zach's other work, he did a podcast uh, the other day on the top ten superhero movies of all time with uh, all the guys at Post Show Recaps. Yeah, at uh, at Post Show Recaps, I think is the Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it at PS Recaps? I'm blanking. I think it's at Post Show Recaps. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, usually I'm, I always plug those on on my own Twitter too, so you can follow mm-hmm. me. And uh, Anthony and I are going to start being back with some more Natty Bros podcasts that you won't have to have seen a movie to have listened along with. Um, we'll be doing some lists. So if there's different things you want us to rank uh, from our, you know, obviously expert perspective, uh, mm-hmm. let us know. And otherwise, anything else on, on Neighbors before we close the book? All good on Neighbors. All right, YOLO. All right, YOLO.